How are you? How are you? I'm tired, I'm good. I I don't like you to ever be any better. Yes, you do. Oh. Uh, this year's so bright. I don't, I don't like you to ever be any better. Did you find out about your friend? No, I did not. You know how.
have to come to church in like we had yesterday, but we are thankful for the rain. All right. Uh, anyway, we want to go to the Lord in prayer uh, and remembering these that are on the prayer list. I, I had the opportunity to talk with Chris on the phone today, and uh, he's uh, he's begging to get out of that place, <laughs> and uh, he's he's giving him a hard time too. He don't want to take his medicine, and uh, they have to trick him. Oh, and mix it with applesauce and say, hey, would you like some applesauce? <laughs> and he'll take it that way. But he walked 90 feet yesterday, and he walked 25 today. That was all they could get out of him. But uh, he wanted to talk to me, so he called me. And uh, he, he wanted me to come over, which I'm going to. Can't get in there except certain hours. Uh, but he was, uh, he, he gives them a hard time about getting him out and taking him home. But I told him, I said, Chris, you're in there for a reason. One is that they want to get you back to where you can function and work, do the things that you used to do. And I said, another reason the Lord has you in there to be a witness yeah. uh, to those that work with you. And he said, I've been doing that. And I said, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I don't, I don't know if he has or not, because he, he says things that don't make sense, you know. Don't we don't all? We all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we have a reason, Arthur. Yeah. Aren't people supposed to? We <laughs> wasn't hit in the head by the whole But any, anyway, keep on praying for him. He's he's come a long ways, but he's got a long ways to go. And uh, I wonder if any of you has anyone you'd like to add before we pray. Uh, I thought we Boss did. Is. Boss is on there. All right, Joey or Joe, Joe Stoffler is Barbara's nephew. They think he may have cancer. Good. Okay. I might proceed procedure in the morning. Do what? Or my procedure in the morning. All right, Pat has a procedure in the morning. Where is it, Pat? We're going to do it in Palatka, but not at the hospital. They've got a surgical center there at the cardiologist place, first coast cardiologist. Oh, okay. So you're going to have it done there. All right. Be in prayer for Pat in the morning. At what time are you? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. And uh, Ms. Pat Bennett, keep praying for her. She's in the hospital in uh, St. Augustine. <laughs> Father, we're so grateful tonight, once again, to be assembled in your house. Lord, there's just no other place in the world would rather be than in your house, fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ who love the Lord. And Father, we just were gathered here just to uh, praise you and honor you, praise you in the song. And uh, Lord, as we just sung, we just love you so much. It's all because you loved us first. Father, we thank you for loving us when we were unlovable. Thank you, Lord, for being willing, so willing, to give your life for our for our life, to give your life for our sins, uh, that we might be brought one day into your presence. And Father, we thank you for your presence in this world. As we walk every day, we know that we're not alone, that you're with us, and you promised you'd never leave us nor forsake us. But Lord, oh, how it's going to be in that day 
when we come into your presence and no longer walk by faith, but we'll be walking by sight. And we're able to view with our own eyes the precious Lord and Savior that died for us. And Father, uh, how it's going to thrill our hearts, but it thrills us tonight to be able to meet with you and, and meet with our brothers and sisters. And Father, we thank you for it. And we pray for these that are on the prayer list who cannot be here and are not here. And Father, we just pray that you would lay your healing hand upon them. We thank you so much for the progress that Chris has made. And now, Lord, we just pray that you'd continue to be with him. Bless those that are uh, administering to him and trying to help him uh, with his exercises and re rehabilitation. I pray that you'd be with them and just give them that special touch uh, to get <clears throat> the most out of Chris. Father, we pray for his family, pray for his children and for his wife and his mom and dad and all those that, that love him pray that you would uh, just bless them during this time. We pray for Miss Pat Bennett, that you'd be with her in the hospital in St. Augustine, and bless Larry and uh, all of those that are uh, love her and are concerned over her. And Father, we pray that everything that they do for her would be under your divine watch care and your direction, and Lord, that it be the exact thing that uh, you would have to be done to get her back on her feet. And then, Father, just all of these that are on the prayer list and the ones that we added, and we pray that you'd be with Miss Pat Dale tomorrow as she goes through her procedure. We pray for your watch care and protection over her and pray that the procedure will be successful. Now, just be with us as we continue on in the services. Thank you for each one who is here. And Pray that every need that is represented here among us that you would supply it. We know you will because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <coughs> what about number 208? 208. <coughs> Farther along. <coughs>
Okay. Our voice has already been warmed up enough now. We can do number 54. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll fly away. <coughs> Amen. 
Three hundred. Three hundred. Uh oh, Just ask her if she could play a particular song without 
music. I've got the words here, but no music. She said she didn't know. You know. Uh, I didn't look for words. <laughs> well, what were you doing? Listen to That's a funeral song, and because I've sung it, it dozens and dozens of funerals. Uh, Chrissy, you know this one? Serenaded by angels? Um, I don't know. I'd probably have to hear it. I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. Okay. Ken, Ken asked me a minute ago if I'd sing a song for him tonight, so that's what I'm going to do. Serenaded by angels. Amen. I love that song. She's, she's never played it without music, but as well as I've taught her how to play it, it looks like she could. Yeah, that
Many of you washed your feet today. <laughs> How many of you want your feet washed? <laughs> All right, turn to John, the 13th chapter, and we'll look at the first uh, 14 verses. John 13, 1 through 14, and this is about feet washing. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Uh, notice he said unto, not until, but unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he, arise, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water after that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. 
Then Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash, needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, You're not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he saith unto him, Know ye what I have done to you? You calleth me Master and Lord, and say, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. I don't know if you realize this or not, but Jesus just gave the disciples and us an object lesson. An object lesson is a visual expression of a spiritual truth. Uh, it's a lesson he gave them in humility. And you know of the culture of that day, if you went to someone's house because you wore sandals, and most of the time you would have walked, your feet get dirty. And so they wouldn't give you a bath when you walked into the house, but, but they would wash your feet. But that wasn't the job of the host. That wasn't the job of the man who owned the house, but it was the job of the slave or the servants. If I went to see Richie, and I had walked all of the way, my feet, wearing sandals, my feet would be dirty. So he would get his servant, Daniel, <laughs> to wash my feet. That would be Daniel's job. But uh, back in that day, it was servants or slaves. Uh, that was their culture. They did it. Now, I'm glad, you know, we don't walk today. Or most of us don't. And we don't wear sandals anymore. Well, I guess we do wear flip-flops. <laughs> but, but most of the time, uh, we ride wherever we go. So we don't, we don't need that, uh, that service done for us when we go to someone's house. Uh, but... That was the culture of, of that day. But as I said, Jesus was giving them an object lesson. He knew that he was superior by far from everyone else in that room. <coughs> and yet he proceeded to wash everyone's feet. In verse uh, 3 and 4 that we read, it says, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. So Jesus knew that uh, he knew who he was. He knew that the Father had given everything, had put all authority into his hands, and so he was superior to anybody in that room and anybody else in the world and even still today he is superior to all and yet he got up and proceeded to wash everyone's feet and this symbolized he, he actually told his story in symbol from beginning to end uh, when he uh, stepped out of heaven and came to this earth, he laid aside all of his garments, his, his glory. He didn't lay aside his deity, but he laid aside his glory and he became a man and dwelt in the world as a man. He was born of a virgin, uh, was born lying in, in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes. So he became a man. Why? Did God have to become a man? Because it was man that sinned 
in the Garden of Eden and plunged the whole human race into sin. And so he had to be redeemed by a man. And here was Jesus who laid aside all of his, uh, his glory and left it in heaven. And he symbolized it or pictured it for us here where it says he rises from supper and laid aside his garments. He went down. He came down. He got on his knees when he washed the disciples' feet. He, he went downward when he went to the old rugged cross. He went down when he was uh, buried in the tomb. And he went even further down from the tomb into the heart of the earth. But then when he arose, he came back up. He ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of the Father. He did all of that uh, in symbol here at this foot washing service. But, you know, you wonder, why, why did Jesus wash their feet? It was to teach them something. It was to teach them a lesson in humility. And I'm telling you, we still need that lesson today in humility. Because in Luke's Gospel, they were sitting there arguing about who was the greatest. Who was the greatest of all? And, uh, you know, we don't have their uh, conversation recorded for us, but I can just imagine how that went. Peter would have said, Hey, boys, now you know I'm the one that walked on water. And you know that I'm one of the ones who went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. And hey, by the way, I'm the one that's who suggested that we build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. So I'm the greatest. And I imagine John and uh, James saying, well now, wait a minute, Peter. Yes, you did walk on water. But we didn't, we didn't sink. We didn't almost drown. And we were there on the Mount of Transfiguration also. And we saw Moses and Elijah and Jesus. But we knew that Elijah and, and Moses didn't come up to the standard of Jesus. So even if you built a tabernacle, you wouldn't build but one. And that's for the Lord. That's for Jesus. And then I imagine old Andrew said, huh, you all think you're something. You wouldn't even be saved if it hadn't been for me because I was the one who brought you to Jesus. And I don't know who else chimed in on this and began to compare what they were to the other disciples, but I believe it was then that Jesus got up from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself, and began to wash the disciples' feet. And then he reminds us that the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. Let him be the servant of all. Let him be that slave that washes the feet. Let him be that servant that takes care of the foot washing when someone comes into the house. And then you have Peter who, who only took his foot out of his mouth long enough to put the other one in. <laughs> and here he said, Lord, uh, it ain't going to happen. You're not going to wash my feet. And I'm sure that Peter just felt like he was so unworthy to have the Lord because he was one who, when Jesus said, Whom the men say that I, the Son of Man, am, uh, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, if someone like that came up to wash your feet, 
wouldn't you feel a little bit like Peter? Uh, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to wash my feet. But Peter said, I mean, Jesus says, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now, he wasn't saying you're not saved because uh, there are two kind of washings and two, two words used for washing. Uh, one of them is the washing of regeneration. When you're saved, you're washed. Uh, uh, we're, we're cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. But there is that daily cleansing that we need that John was speaking of and in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 that says, if we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you're washed and all your sins are washed away and they are, then why do we need to confess our sins? Because we walk in a dirty world and our feet get dirty. Spiritual feet I'm talking about in your hands. So you need washing. Even the priest, when they became a priest, they would give an all-over bath. But it was just once. I don't mean that... I'm talking about ceremonially. Surely they washed all over. How many of you did that tonight? Or today? Or this week? And all the people sitting around you said, Amen. <laughs> but, but the priest had to wash his feet and wash his hands every day before he did anything in the priestly uh, service that he had to render. Uh, and so he says, if you confess your sins, now, you know, let me tell you something. We shouldn't wait uh, once a year to confess our sins. You know why? Because we forget 99% of them. That, uh, what is it, sec first, is it First Chronicles or Second Chronicles 7.14? It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face, and repent, turn from their wicked ways. Uh, he said, that's my people. <laughs> that's us. That's born again. That's people that have been born into the family of God. Uh, and so John said, confess your sins. Now, the thing, if we do it daily... If we keep a short account with God, we can remember what sins we committed today. If we wait until next week, we, we're going to forget them. And people say, well, you can just say, forgive me for all of my sins. You know, just blanket all of them, just throw them all in together. But that wasn't the way you committed them. You committed them one at a time. Singly. Somebody said we sin wholesale and we repent retail. <laughs> Something like that. I forgot how that went. But that's what they meant was that we, we sin one sin at a time. And if we don't confess it, we'll forget it. And then at the end of the month or year or whatever it is when you confess your sins, uh, you just say, Lord, just forgive me for all of my sins. <laughs> but but we don't we don't go to the trouble of confessing our sins <laughs> every day you know and keeping that short uh fuse uh but but any, anyway in uh in this situation Jesus was giving them the object lesson of how we ought to humble ourselves and how we ought to be servants one another. One 
to another. Uh, the disciples was embarrassed and should have been, but Jesus uh, said here in, in this last verse that we read, he said, if I then, if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. And as I said, we don't, and a lot of churches uh, think that the foot washing ought to be added as a, as a uh, third ordinance. And I'm, don't, I'm not against washing feet. If somebody came in here and said, I want you to wash my feet, I'd say, well, stick them up here. I'll wash them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not above it. But as I said, we don't wear sandals today. We don't, we don't get dirty feet, uh, not ordinarily. And so there are some things that we have done <clears throat> that replaces foot washing. One of them is a handshake uh, or a hug. Uh, but uh, he said, he said, you ought to wash one another's feet. You ought to have that humble spirit and not a better than thou attitude and you ought to humble yourselves and wash one another's feet. Did you know there are a lot of one another's in the Bible? Uh, he said love one another. Uh, he said pray for one another. He also, in one place, said, Greet your brethren with a holy kiss. Now, I'm, I'm not going to kiss any men. Uh, not, not in today's society. But I'm, I'm not sure what a holy kiss was. I've, I've seen people demonstrate it, and I don't know if they were right or not. Uh... And I, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea for the men to, in the church to start kissing the women. That might start some rumors. But I do think we ought to love one another and I don't see anything wrong with expressing that love one for another. And you know, thinking, thinking, talking about humbleness and being the servant uh, when, when they were arguing back and forth, back and forth about who was the greatest I, uh, in Luke, I, I thought of how that sounded like a, a uh, Baptist business meeting. <laughs> I visited a church once and a lady came up and asked me if I would lead the singing. I said, well, yeah, if, if you need me to, I will. And I was a visitor. But then I heard her over in the corner arguing with the lady that was in charge of the service. And they were arguing. That lady said, I was going to lead the singing. And she said, but I'm on the committee. I'm on the music committee. And... Uh, Finally, I got a chance to talk to the other lady, and I said, listen, I don't have to lead the singing. I said, I will if you want me to, but, but uh, you know, I'm not here to cause a big church split. <laughs> and she said, no, she said, you go ahead and lead it. She said, I just don't like for her to tell me what to do. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that sounds just like the disciples and like a lot of people today. But but I I appreciate the people that we have here who will you know teach a Sunday school class when instead of sitting back and listening because that's a lot of work that's a lot of work to study uh, when you're going to teach especially adults uh, 
And it, it's a hard job when you teach the little kid because you got to figure out how you're going to take this and put it down here where, where they are. It's, it's a hard job. But <clears throat> we have people here that, that does that. <clears throat> and uh, then we have all the musicians. I don't, I don't know how many musicians the other churches around this area has, and we're not competing with them by any means, but I appreciate our musicians that come here and put forth the effort uh, to make the music program uh, what it is. And I appreciate the singers uh, that will get up and, and sing, or even those that will sit out there and sing. It'd be kind of bad to stand up here and to lead the music and nobody sing but me or whoever's leading the music. But but you sing, and when you sing, you're serving other people. There, there's power in music. <coughs> when we were singing, uh, Oh, How I Love Jesus, look back, Brother Ken had his hand up, up in the air. The words, uh, the music, the words. Uh, it just touches your heart. I, I use the expression, I say it bring you right into the throne room, there where God is, and fellowship uh, with Him. And uh, so I appreciate that. He said, he said, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And he said, bear one another's burdens. So wash one another's feet is not the only one another that's in the Bible. When you serve, you are washing somebody's feet. Uh, you're allowing, <coughs> allowing them <coughs> to not have to do that, that service. And so... Uh, and the Bible says comfort one another with these words. Uh, we had that last Sunday night in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He said comfort one another with these words. I'm, I'm glad that we have a Savior that left heaven and became flesh. Or the story of a little boy and that could have been me when I was a little boy. Except I wasn't afraid of thunder, but there was a thunderstorm uh, came up, and uh, after they had gone to bed, and he began to uh, become very fearful, and he called his mama, and he called his daddy and his older brothers, and nobody was answering. And finally, his daddy said, "Son, why don't you just hush and go to sleep?" He said, God is in there with you. And he says, I know that, but I need somebody with some skin. <laughs> well, he, he, he did. He became flesh and dwelt among us. God with some skin. So he says, love one another. Pray for one another. Bear one another's burdens. Edify one another. Help, help edify means to help us grow. Help us grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you humble yourself and become a servant, that's exactly what you're doing. I appreciate the ladies that when we have either dinner on the ground or singspiration, that, that go to all the trouble to fix something for us old hungry men uh, to eat when we go out there. And then the ones who, who set it up and, and who stay after it's all over and clean the tables and put everything back the way it was. You know, you don't, they're not elected, but you don't have to be elected to be a servant, do you? You can do all of these things for one another without being elected. You can pray for somebody. You can love them. You can bear their burdens. You can comfort them. There was a boy standing on the side of the road and there was a, 
a wagon here, a big hay wagon, and all the hay was off, off the wagon, and he had a pitchfork getting it up and loading it back on the wagon. The fellow stopped by and grabbed the pitchfork and was helping him. And the pace that the young man was going, it just tired out the old fellow. He said, son, why don't we just stop and rest a little while? And he said, no, my daddy wouldn't like that. And he kept on going. About an hour later, he said, son, he said, your daddy must be a slave driver. He said, can't we just rest? He said, no, we can't do that. Daddy wouldn't like it. He said, well, where is your daddy anyway? And he said, he's under that pile of hay. <laughs> so, so we, don't, we don't need to quit. We don't need to quit. And, and you know, it, it's easy sometimes when you... And I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Sometime uh, when you start getting older, you get to thinking, you know, let, let some of the young people do this. And that, that's all right. That's all right to let the young people do it. But, you, but there's still a lot of things that us old folks can still do. We still pray. We can still love one another. We can still edify one another. And uh, if you know how to give somebody a holy kiss, that's all right too. But I don't. So, but anyway, thank you for coming tonight. And while we don't wash one another's feet, uh, we ought to be humble, humble servants of the Lord. And what a joy it is to be a servant of the Lord. I'd rather serve him than anybody I know of. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. By the way, I, I, uh, September the 2nd, I think it is, September the 2nd. It don't fall on Sunday this year, but anyway, it will... This coming September the 2nd, that's only a week or two away, I will have been ordained for 47 years. And there's, there's a lot of people out there that's been ordained a whole lot longer than that. They'll all tell you, as I will, that the longer you serve, the greater you go. Father God, what a blessing it is to be in your house and hear your word proclaimed once again, Lord. We are, we are so blessed to have a pastor who is a faithful servant to you and that uh, takes his role seriously, Lord, and, and, and delivers the message that you've put on his heart. Lord, without compromise to us. And we are so thankful to have him. We're so thankful for the other servants in this church, Lord, because it is an honor to, to be in service unto the Lord. It is an honor to do things for you, Lord. Not that we necessarily have to, because we're not doing it to go to heaven. We're doing it, Lord, we're, we know we're already going to heaven. And we're doing it for you, out of love for you, and, and, uh, and do the right thing, Lord. So we just we thank you so much for your word, for what you've given us. We thank you for the people that are here tonight. We ask your blessing to be upon them. And Lord, we just ask that you help us be uh, and encourage us so that we can encourage one another to go out and boldly proclaim the word of God to every creature that we come in contact with, Lord. Fill us up with your Holy Spirit and encourage us to, to speak out, to stand boldly and speak, Lord, in this world, especially now as we see the day fast approaching, approaching Lord. We know you're coming. We know you're coming soon. So, Lord, as we, as we wait upon the Lord, let us also move and do things for you, Lord, to, to help grow the church and, and, uh, and, and edify one another in the process. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the message. And thank you for everybody here. We ask your blessing upon them to keep us safe until the next appointed time to meet in your house. And it's in Christ Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.